the MMAniacs podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlinkhooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com. You're listening to the MMAniacs with Nick David and Matt Kona. Here we are, the MM Maniacs, Nick David, Matt Kona, and uh, shout out to Ireland. That's right. <laughs> oh, bring it full circle. All right, full octagon. Full ox. Bring it full or, octagon. Or some it never circles. Go, never go full octagon. <laughs> uh, so Matt was. Uh, I'm talking like I'm talking to some other person. So I'll talk to you like you're a human <laughs> yeah. being in front of me. Welcome um, listeners. Yeah. Thanks for giving us a shot. <laughs> this is our first ever shot, you know, yeah. first ever show. Well, hopefully, I know there's a lot of places to find information about MMA these days. And when I first started trying to get information, it was impossible. Yeah. There you have to was, subscribe to news groups. <laughs> there was all, it was very tough to get information when I first was trying to get you know, inside stuff. Did he really break his hand that night? Who knows? Nobody knows. Nobody was reporting on it. ESPN didn't give a shit. Yeah. Nobody cared. Sports so, radio doesn't so touch it. Yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't at all. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of places to get the information now. So hopefully people will find us interesting enough to uh, want to get their information about mixed martial arts yeah. from us. So. And it's information, entertainment, opinions, uh, everything yeah. about the, the whole world, UFC, Bellator, World Series of Fighting, CES, MMA, local stuff. You practice jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. do not. I'm trying, I may take some boxing classes. Oh, we'll, nice. We'll have some, uh, updates as the show goes right. along. Yeah. Do you have a place that you're thinking about going? Um, uh, well, I live in South Boston in Andrew oh, Square. A lot, so of, there's, a lot of places to box down there. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some places to choose from. Uh, I haven't committed on a, on a, on a spot just yet. But um, I also have the option of – I have a free month of the UFC gym. Oh, yeah. I just saw that the other day. I drove by it when I was in Boston yes, yesterday. Financial District, before. right? Yeah. 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 There used to be one – it used to be down by North Station. I knew exactly where it was. I'm not totally sure where the new one is, so I should probably locate it before I try to cash in my <laughs> trial membership. But I'm also – I'm sure your phone will take you there. There's yeah. It'll, it'll get you there. Yeah. But we uh, have the technology in the palm of our hand is more technology than got the first, uh, you know, the first rocket to the moon. So I, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe people crossed oceans without a phone. I don't know. <laughs> right. Why would you do that? But I'm going to try that. So maybe we'll, we'll document that, that journey. But I'm also realizing that I'm picking the time of year where gyms are most likely to be the most crowded because it's yeah. nearing the first of the year when everyone makes their resolutions and, you know, goes to the gym for a few months. <laughs> well, not only that, but when summer comes, people want to do a lot of their exercise outside. A lot of, a lot of gyms thin out because, you know, people want to, people don't want to run on treadmills anymore. They want to run outside. They yeah. want to. You know, they want to go to the park and do, do that road work. Yeah. yeah. Do that road work. <laughs> Matt Kona putting in yeah. road work. Yeah. Look, I, I can use, I'm working on my slogans first and <laughs> get, right. get the vocab you right. Gotta, you got to You got to start somewhere, dude. Yeah. So 
if, if it's slow, that's your, you gotta go with your strong suit. Slogans are your thing. That's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. But I am committed to it because I bought, even bought boxing, um, footwear to wear in the ring. Oh. You know, cause I think you need that. I wonder if, the, I wonder if there's anybody uh, notable that, I, when I drove by, that was the first thought that I had. When I went by the UFC gym, I was like, I wonder if they're like any, like, notable fighters or ex-fighters or if they have hired people to be like you know instructors you know you know they used to have like in in vegas they'd have you know they'd hire old retired boxers to you know, seminars yeah, yeah. Or, or just to just to hang out in casinos you know oh, like yeah. they you know or uh uh what, was, uh what the heck was his name where he used to do the little the little um George Foreman cooking demonstrations? No. <laughs> no, the boxer that, uh, they used to do like the little one man show, not Tyson, way before Tyson. Yeah. Uh, marvelous, marvelous. No, Marvin no, Hunter. no, it was a white guy. Uh, it was the guy that did, they did the, uh, uh Peter McNeely. <laughs> no, did, uh, um, God damn it. I took fucking Ginkgo and everything before the show. Call in. I took Ginkgo. You know what somebody somebody call in and help us. <laughs> what is the fuck am I trying to think of? Uh it was Raging Bull, whoever that oh, guy was. Oh, Jake Lamotta. Yeah, Jake Lamotta. So oh, I didn't know to, he had a one man show. All right. Yeah, yeah. So he used to do like for a long time after, you know, he was boxing, he would do like this whole one man show where he would uh you know, and then uh there's other. Uh, I think that a ton of uh, fighters, boxers, even professional wrestlers could do tons of stuff like that. In fact, uh, I may be getting ahead of myself, but one of the things uh, we did in Vegas was people that subscribed to Fight Pass were, if they were attending the three days of events, they could do a symposium where they watch some videos and give their opinions. And huh. Michael Bisping was going to be there to like answer questions okay. and I, I asked him about that i said would you ever do sort of like a one-man show because i know he's british and it's a very um uk thing to do the edinburgh fringe festival where people oh, yeah, do yeah. they do a one-hour show every night for a month in hundreds of venues around the the whole city yeah and and he's like yeah maybe but uh he's like i kind of want to keep fighting for now he's like well, i'll wait till i'm washed up like, did okay. you see the latest bisbing announced fight yeah, yeah anderson silva yeah i'm not that excited about it i really think anderson Silva's is gonna fuck that dude up <laughs> i don't think hey you know, michael bisping is listen, undefeated in the uk <laughs> listen i you know i i give props to biz i'm not the hugest bisbing fan uh, I'm a huge Anderson Silva fan in his prime. I, I don't think he's done, man. I don't think, you know, I have some very, uh, pointed views about everything that happened to him, um, with Weidman and, uh, you know, and his kind of lackluster last fight and, um, which was a five round decision against Nick Diaz, yeah, which yeah. is now a no contest right. because of the blue stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't, people, people are like, ah, he was a juice monster. He's, look at his physique. He's yeah. not a juice monster. <laughs> right. He's not juice monster. Yeah. He might have been, t I think it's what it was. It, what it's, what it was. He's trying to help his body heal as fast as it could from right. his, you know, from his leg being shattered into a million pieces. And, you know, he's just trying to get back on track and, you know, who knows what? I don't, you know, I'm not trying to minimize what he did. He did whatever he did, but he's, wasn't, it's not a juice monster. No, if you just look at, it's not, it's a not, photo. it's not yeah. Alistair Overeem, mm -hmm. you know? Did you ever, you ever see Alistair Overeem in Pride when he fought, uh, um, Chuck Liddell? Yeah, different looking person. Not the same human being. <laughs> not the same human being. He was a little bit buffer than you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was a very slender human being, long, lanky, slender. And now he's like, I mean, he looks better now, now that you know he has to be off it. Mm -hmm. You know, his, his, his last fight against Dos Santos, he, you know, his physique looked like he was not as, you know, his pecs weren't all, you know. Yeah. I mean, he, I remember when he destroyed Brock Lesnar because before I started following MMA, that closely, I I just saw few matches, but I remember him sticking out to me like, oh, yeah, he just beat Brock Lesnar. That's a pretty big dude. 
But well, he was a monster then when he fought Brock Lesnar. He was peak juiceness. Yeah, yeah. He was peak juiciosity. Yeah, but the you know? UFC <laughs> uses USADA now, so that's a right. whole Olympic level drug testing. They have so. they have the highest they have the highest caliber drug testing out of any sports organization on the planet. Yeah, they are more rigorous than anybody using USADA. So. People aren't going to, it's going to, you're going to slowly have to weed it through. And I don't, you know, we, you and I talked a little bit about this, the unfortunate, uh, the, the one fighting, the, the fighter that. The weight cutting. Yeah, incident. the weight cutting dude, the, the, uh, Asian fighter that lost his life because he, of weight cutting. And I don't know if you read the, there's a an article where their, their whole. They've changed. Yeah, their, the whole paradigm you know. of it is their, people are fighting now at their peak, at their walk around weight. You fight at your walk around weight. And I, I, my hope is that that's what eventually happens in all of mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. Because then you get the true, you get the true, uh, you know, who's the best fighter at 180 pounds? Not who's the best fighter that walks around at 210, <laughs> but can make 180. Right. You know? At, at 85, that 185 pounds yeah, right. for an, an hour. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, just the, 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 the pinnacle peak point of made it to 185, now force myself to gain that 30 pounds back in a day. Yeah, it's scary. You know, it's just not, you know, I mean, you saw the, the last McGregor fight. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Those weigh-ins, you were there. I was there. You were in at person. the weigh-ins. Yeah, you see, you see <laughs> just how gaunt a body can look. He looks like a skeleton. Yeah. And the next day, he looks like he always looks. So he's putting on packing on 20 pounds and on in a, a frame that big 20 pounds is a lot yeah it 20 pounds i'm 270 280 pounds whatever fluctuating if i lose 20 pounds you're not going to notice <laughs> if you lose 20 pounds on a 160 170 pound person that's a lot of weight yeah that's a lot of weight on a 160 170 pound person so he he looks, he looked brutal that last weight cut. You know, not that he couldn't. You know, he could. You know, he could change his whole lifestyle yeah. and his whole, uh, you know, how he ate and how he worked out and lose a lot of muscle mass and could live at that. You know, at that weight class. But he's a he's a natural one fifty five er. He probably walks around at one. 75, yeah. you know? Yeah, he could lose some muscle mass because as we know by now, uh, precision beats power. That's right. <laughs> Good Lord. And timing beats speed. It's, have you seen there's a, like a clip of, uh, there's, there's a side by side clip of backstage where he's warming up and then the fight and he's doing the exact <laughs> same thing in both of them. Like he prepared exactly for what Aldo did. The opening did. sequence, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he said what he was going to do. He practiced what he was going to do. <laughs> he he prepared exactly. and he did it exactly what he was going to do. It's not, there's it's, never been, you know, all of the, I'm not a bandwagon guy. I'm not a giant, you know, I, I really respect McGregor. I think he's a great fighter, but I really respect his game. Mm-hmm. I really respect his, his mental game. I oh, really, it's, really it's respect next his level. It's not like anything else on the planet and he believes it so much that it comes true. That's the thing. <laughs> I know. It's like that it's like the the secret, that movie The Secret, yeah. you know? You believe it will come true, it will come true and he just does it and it happens. Exactly. But you know? it's crazy. You know, first he was just predicting knockouts and then he would say knockout what rounds and he got the rounds with Poirier. He got the rounds with Seaver, with Mendez. And he even said it in so many interviews. I believe after the first exchange, the shots will have landed and anything after that is just a formality. And yeah. anything after that was two hammer fists and John McCarthy pushing them off. And that was <sighs> it. It was crazy. So crazy. I never, I had my money on Aldo. Yeah. I didn't think, I know that you're, I know you're a big McGregor I put, fan. I put money you, on McGregor. Yeah yeah. 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 I know you're a big McGregor fan. If I, I didn't bet any money on this fight, but if I would have put money down, I would have put it on Aldo. I just didn't think that he had met anybody who had the striking capabilities of Aldo. I thought Aldo, I, and, and it, my fandom of McGregor doesn't overshadow the, the respect that I have for Aldo, especially after the, that last Mendes fight. It's one of the greatest fights I've yeah. ever seen. And then you see just how strong his kicks are. 
it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know. And so that, uh, yeah, I thought it was. I was he, nervous he about never, the fight. <laughs> he never got a chance to get him off. He never no, gave himself that opportunity to 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 start setting that game plan in motion. He did exactly. He did. Ex- he's going to rush across the cage at me. Yeah, he's, he's going to. He's going to overextend, and I'm going to throw that overhand right, and you know. Yeah. Or left, rather. Yeah. I'm gonna throw that left. Nobody can, nobody can withstand my left. Yeah. God know? bless the soft yeah. parts of the human anatomy, he says. And, yeah. <laughs> and boom, it changed right on the butt. Oh. And it's his, nothing. just his command of the English language and his ability to put concepts and sentences together that are so precise, you know? There's no, there's no fat to trim from what he has to say. <laughs> no. Everything he says is exactly what he means to say. There's no, there's nothing flowery about it, but it's very poetic at the same time. Yeah. You know, it's a, you have to respect that about that dude. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. He's like him or not. If you, you know, I mean, I was annoyed by him at first. I was like, all right, dude, yeah. we get it. We get it. <laughs> We get it. You're doing chill, son, and we get it. Mm. We get it. You're trying to, you're hyping, you're hyping, but it's, it's gone way beyond chill, son. Oh yeah. Like chill, son, was the dude, you know, was number one shit talker before McGregor. And now, now he's a very distant second. <laughs> yeah. He's almost an afterthought because chill would talk shit, but he wouldn't always win those fights. And, yeah. and that's the thing. And he would say, Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck. Obviously, that's not the truth, right. you know. <laughs> but like McGregor, he never said that Aldo sucked. You he know, said he wasn't up to. He wasn't. He said he's he's an him. old. He you know he he's the old gorilla, and then this new king comes up, kills you, and takes everything you. Are. You know, he he he. he uh, McGregor said many times after this that winners focus on winning and losers focus, focus on, on winners. winners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's just like, yeah. he's wow. A pretty, he's pretty, pretty incredible philosophical human being when you like really sit down and listen to him, you know? Mm-hmm. He's got some pretty interesting philosophies on on life and how it relates to fighting. Yeah, I was just know? watching an, yeah, an interview. He says he doesn't think that talent exists, you know? it's He's just... It's just hard work and he's like anyone can do it if you devote yeah. the you know well I don't know about that you gotta look at a guy like John Jones and yeah you know, he's put in 20% effort and become the most devastating <laughs> human if that guy puts in a hundred percent effort everyone is fucked yeah I think he could he could break he's gonna be McGregor's the 13 second record you know oh, yeah. the way that John Jones looks at the present day compared to how he looked at his peak fighting mm. he looks like that that look if you compared it to a guy on the street and a professional athlete is the difference that it looks yeah. like and when he looked like a guy on the street he was the greatest of all time yeah. in, in in fighting yeah he's another guy whose physique you know like i mean you know look at his legs were comical you know he had those crazy toothpick chicken legs you know and he was out there just ruining people. Yeah. Just ruining them. And even guys, you, you know. that shin to your skull? Yeah. yeah. I mean, fights that he didn't even consider or prepare for, he was still murdering guys. Yeah. You know? So do you think he comes in, takes the light heavyweight belt back? No. I or think, you think, I he, think he just goes, goes straight to heavyweight? Really? Okay. Look at how look at how bulky he's getting. I know he does look. He's getting re- He looks really yoked right now. And he hasn't done a weight cut since doing powerlifting. So that's what I'm saying. I say he comes back in because what better way to introduce him? How what what's more exciting than that? That's true. We're reintroducing him, but here's the wrinkle. Boom! He's gonna be a heavyweight, and that will look the fuck out. Yeah, that whole division is just that's waves through it. Yeah. He, he would be the second twenty-year-old in the top fifteen. Stefan Struve being the other one, and then the, I mean, as 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 excited as people are about the heavyweight division, and I'm one of them, I get more excited about most heavyweight fights than a lot of other fights. Having said that, the talent pool is much thinner. It's the thinnest. Yeah. It's the thinnest. But it would know? still be exciting the to top... watch him clear out the division. And I think he would. Yeah. I think he would. You know, I used to, when I, uh, I really didn't see him being able to get through Cain Velasquez, but 
I, you know, after seeing, after seeing him gas against Verdum in that fight, I go, maybe he could. Yeah. Especially if he's going to, he's going to throw on another 30 pounds of muscle, you know, he's going to be <laughs> able to keep up with Velasquez because we know his cardio is going to be able to keep up with him. Yeah. You know, will his wrestling be able to keep up with him? Well, he out wrestled Cormier, Cormier <laughs> who's. Right. Who we knows are he's out wrestling. Yeah. Cormier's out wrestling uh, Velasquez, Velasquez in, sure. in the gym all the time. They don't talk about it, mm. but he's a fucking Olympic wrestler. Yeah. He's not. No, there's nobody in that gym that's putting the screws to him. No, he's putting the screws level. to everybody as far as wrestling goes. Now pressure, that's a different thing. You know, when he, you know, he's putting guys up against the fence. You know. I mean, that's Velasquez's thing. He gets you up against the fence and just wears you the fuck out, mm-hmm. you know? But he, I mean, uh, Verdun wasn't pressuring him in that fight, and I know that they had the altitude to contend with. But Velasquez, I mean, Verdun won it by uh, guillotine in the third round, but he was striking Kane hard yeah. in the face. So he could be a different fighter entirely you know coming back from like the damage that he took so i'm excited to see how that rematch goes at sea level in vegas uh for 196 yeah i can't my money's on velasquez again my money was on velasquez then it's going to be on him again uh i'm the same way with aldo mcgregor if they fight again i feel like aldo's gonna beat him Mm -hmm. but it's not you know I don't take anything away from McGregor. I just think that. Uh, Do you I think, think that, it, that I think that that fight was? I think he really got in his head, and Aldo had so much to lose. He had so much to lose. He had so much riding on it, and now he doesn't. He doesn't have a fucking thing to lose. It's gone. <laughs> it's he, gone. So he gets to be hungry again. So he gets to be hungry again, and he gets to just focus on doing what he does best. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think an Aldo with his mind straight is a better, crisper striker than McGregor is, Mm. you know? And it's, you know, I think it's a, I think it's closer than a lot of people think it's like, you know, oh, that was one out of a hundred times that he would beat Aldo. I don't think it's that. I think it's, I think it's, you know, Three out of ten, or you know, four out of ten times mm-hmm. that he would, you know, I think it's a little closer than that. But I, I think the, I think if they, I think if they fought a number of times, that Aldo would win more often. So than McGregor if would. there, the I think the highest number of times that they could possibly fight, and and of course that's a big emphasis on possibly. And some of those fights may now take place in a lightweight division even. But do you think if there was a trilogy that Aldo will win two straight? Hmm. I mean, it would de- that see that now that depends on is it an immediate trilogy? Well, or that's does, what does I was. All, does Aldo get to get two or three fights under his belt to get his? confidence back up well that's after the, he that's, beats McGregor. that was going to be my original question because when you said uh he has nothing to to lose now i think that it, there's the same amount if not more pressure on him if they did an immediate rematch than if aldo went and fought max holloway next for example mm. because i think the immediate rematch you're dealing with a lot of that same pressure from the first fight but you're also dealing with you need to show that that was a fluke. You know, yeah, you yeah. need to show, you need to put that behind you because otherwise, you know, but if, but if you put him up against Max Holloway, who's not going to be talking shit the whole time, he's not going to be, they're not going to do an eight country press tour with him to promote it. Right. Then <laughs> he can sort of how Aldo got his groove back, you know, they can, <laughs> they, 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 can, they can rebuild him and he can, you know, learn different shit. But, um, I don't know because I don't, I don't, what do you, let me ask you this. What do you think McGregor's next fight is and what do you think it should be? Do you think it's the same thing? Mm, Well, I think that it, it's too good what he said 
at the press conference for 194 when he said that his plan is for his next fight to be for that lightweight championship. And that's my first pick for, for a fight too, him and Dos Anjos, because it's crazy. I mean, he totally acknowledged that, uh, if Frankie can put on a big performance against Mendez, he'd like to answer that question. But being a two division champion to have your, to have consecutive matchups for different championship belts to me is extremely intriguing. It's and the first time ever. First time ever. And it's, there's beef, there's dislike between Dos, Dos Anjos and McGregor. If you watch that Go Big press conference, Red Panty Night. Yeah. That was all. Well, about- and not to mention the fact that. The Brazilians already hate him. Oh yeah. So they're, so they get to stoke that fire. I agree with you 100%. Let me say that. Mm. I think that's the fight that should happen. Yeah. That's the, that's the huge money fight. I think that's a bigger, you, I think that's a bigger fight than You don't want to risk not Edgar. being able to do that. You don't want to risk not being able to do that. And you don't want to give Edgar that be, be you want, you don't want to, they don't want to give Edgar that that title of having of being the first guy to be two division because he yeah. was the you know yeah so he was not a lightweight the same champion time, but he gets to say yeah. i was two division champion just like you know um like, uh, like tour right yeah. Like, yeah yeah um bj Penn. bj yeah. Penn. yep um so uh that's the one that i want to see uh, that's the one that i think should have that's the one that makes the most sense i feel really bad for frankie edberg because he's just took, shit luck it's just a it's just total shit luck man he's i think he deserves it i think he deserves it i 100 percent think he deserves it oh but definitely i think he deserves it as his next fight i think i i know he he believes it 100 he says that he'll wait for he wants his next fight to be conor mcgregor yeah, and I and I think he deserves that, but you know, it's the money fight is that fight. It, there's yeah. so much to it's it answers so many questions. Yeah, you know, and then uh, would he stay at 155? Would he defend? Well, he, would he defend both belts? <laughs> he in the said same that year? he he would. He would move down to the featherweight while a lightweight title contender comes, which that would be amazing oh yeah that would be an amazing thing to see if he could do that you know yeah. i mean the fertitas are you, know, you probably read the article lorenzo fertita said that he's gonna mcgregor's gonna be the ufc's <laughs> first 100 millionaire yeah you know yeah and it's you know he's he, certainly shaping up that way he's probably not he's probably he's doing he, everything right he's got yeah. all the cards uh all the chips in, in in his favor you know the ufc right now they have a policy. If you are the champion and you leave that weight class, you relinquish your belt. And he said it at the press conference, which he was overseeing on his own. Right. After yeah, yeah. He, got, he, he, he got the podium. He got the, got the podium. All the other fighters were where they were sitting in their seats. Everybody was gone. It was just his own press conference. Yeah. It's so fucking baller, man. That guy is just. You know, you got to give it to him. And yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a nut hugger. You know, people no. are like, oh, oh no, I know. People are like, oh, you know, you're not, I'm not, I'm not, I was not, I had to be convinced. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm you, glad can't, that you, yeah. you can't take certain things away from him. Whether you like him or you don't like him, there are certain pieces of factual information you can't take away from him. Mm-hmm. He's the best shit talker ever. Yeah. He's the, be- he's the best psychological warrior in the UFC ever. Yeah. You know, he's been able to get under more people's skin. <laughs> oh yeah. He made Aldo fight that fight. Yeah. He created that fucking opportunity for him to do that to Aldo. Yeah. He made Aldo move how he wanted him to move in order to set himself up to fucking counter and clock him yeah. and knock him out. Yeah. So it's shortest title match in history. It's, you know, you can't take those things away from him. You say, it's a fluke. It was a fluke. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, part of me, I believe parts of that, not a hundred percent. I feel like, although, you know, is a more well-rounded fighter. What happens if all takes him down? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Can he take him down? Who yeah, knows? Yeah. We never got to see that. Yep. You know, I think McGregor has a fuck of a time against Frankie Edgar. I think he has. I don't think he. Wins oh no! That fight. I think they're good fights. I don't think I. <laughs> I don't think you know. 
I just sound like I'm, you know, I, I sound like I'm, I'm two sides of the same coin because I really, I really appreciate a lot of things about him. At the same time, I don't think he can handle Edgar's pressure. I don't think he can handle Edgar's pressure. I don't think he can, I don't think he can not get taken down. Uh, I don't think he can, I don't think he can stop the takedowns of Edgar. I don't, you know, I mean, those are the questions. But can he, can he stop the takedowns of Edgar? Can he withstand that pressure? <laughs> yeah. Can he get into the fifth round? You know? Or can he knock him out like he did Mendez? Like he did, like he did Aldo? Can he, you know, he, he doesn't have to answer the takedown questions if he ends the fight within the first 30 seconds. And that wasn't even, it should be known that that's not even Conor McGregor's fastest knockout. He knocked out a guy in Cage Warriors in four seconds. Yeah. He just came across the cage, uppercut, boom, button, head to the ground. Yeah. you know, but that's the thing. Like the best, you know, they say, you know, it's a cliche in professional sports. The best, uh, defense is a good offense, you know? Oh, yeah. How do you defend the takedown? You knock the person that's taking <laughs> you down out. Yeah. You know? I mean, he didn't want to go to the ground with Mendez, but when he was down on the ground, he elbowed him yeah. a, a, as, as well as he could from the bottom. He tried not to exp- expend energy to get back up. And when he got back up, he was like a spring chicken, you know? He didn't look like he'd been tired like a guy who had just been crushing you with his weight and not to mention elbows that left a big scar on the side of his head while when mendez got up he was completely gassed and connor was just back to to striking again and then the fight ended near the end of one of the things that what that connor is really able to do is conservation of motion i think he is i think he really knows how to um, store his energy and use it when it needs to be used. He knows when to be loose, when to be tight, and he doesn't waste any of that. Yeah. You know, where a guy like Mendez, who comes from a wrestling background, and that's, I come from a wrestling background. Mm-hmm. I wrestled all through junior high and high school. So when you're a wrestler, you're always yeah. tense. There's nothing you're, you're that's really intensity ever. It's intensity 100% all the time. That's how wrestlers go. There's no, there's no relaxation. So he, you know, he's naturally gonna expend more energy, whereas McGregor is really focused on, you know, yeah, and using that energy when he needs to and not using it when he doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, not panicking, staying calm. Yeah. Like that's how he coached, uh, the European team on his season of fight, uh, of a tough, um, in all those fights, just be, be calm, you know, don't freak out because that's how you get into more trouble or you fall into a submission or you get caught with your yep. chin out. Nice and flowy autumn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it and being down there and not only, you know, you mentioned all the other intangibles he brings. The Irish who travel so far, like that's not a cheap flight. That's not a cheap trip. So many people, so many thousands of people came just months after already filling up Vegas in July. Seriously, just being a part of that. And I got like the cheapest flight, the cheapest hotels. I did everything cheap. You know, I bought a face value ticket. It's the second row from the back. There's 300 (laughs) bucks, 300 bucks. Well spent. I didn't mind. And but just being around all these fans and just seeing like the effect that they have. And there were bandwagon people that are just like happy to have an Irish fighter. Yeah. They don't know the intricacies of all right. the, the. Well, I think that, I think that's probably a lot of, there's probably a lot of. There uh, are, there are, know? but there are also some like, very knowledgeable ones. I mean, it's just like when you, you know, that it bothers me. It bothers me in any situation when you're just, you're just, you're just rooting for a guy because he's from a, a spot of land. Right. It's like when, you know, if you get a Russian fighter and a USA fighter and all of a sudden the crowd starts going, USA, (laughs) USA. Okay. It's not, this isn't a fucking war. Yeah. It's not the Olympics. It's not, it's not the Olympics. It's not the USA versus Russia. It's, you know, 
Oleg Tektarov versus Dan Severn. It's, yeah. you know, it's yeah. whatever the fight is. It's these two human beings. Mm. If you want to route, if you want to root for Severn, say his fucking name. <laughs> right. You don't even know his name. You just know he's from a country <laughs> that I am associated with. Yeah. So I'm going to, I mean, it's the same thing when you go to Brazil. It's the same thing when you go to Ireland. Everybody's rooting for the guys that are from their country, whether they know, they don't know fuck all about them. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, you know, you'll get, I'm an avid fight watcher. I'm an, I'm yeah. a, you know, I've been watching since UFC 2. Yeah, yeah. I rented UFC 2 at a video store and I watched UFC 3 on pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. And I've watched 95% of all pay-per-views that have ever happened. I have, I, there was a, there's a period of time where I missed a bunch that were, there was a there was kind of like a like a dark period in the UFC where is it before where, Zufa bought it again or is it, uh it was after they it was after they bought it but it not, it not was bought it again but it know. was uh, it was after they bought it um but it was you know there's John McCain was trying to put oh, through a right, bunch of yeah, legislation yeah. to put it out of business famous human cockfighting right and right. he got it. He got it, uh, you know, he's able to get it off of cable. So there was no Comcast and how you had to, you had to have direct TV or satellite to get it. And I didn't have any of that for a number of years. So I missed a bunch that I've gone back. And now that I have fight pass, I can yeah, go back can and watch, watch a lot of, you know, I missed the, you know, I missed a bunch of the, I missed like, you know, couture versus, uh, versus, um, uh, the baby faced assassin. Um, why can't I think of his goddamn name? Um, ah, uh, yeah. Uh, we were just talking about him earlier. Um, oh, Chael Sonnen. No, no. No, wait up. No. Who's the baby-faced no, no. assassin? Uh, he's now the he's now the war master. <laughs> oh, Josh Barnett. Uh, Josh Barnett. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I missed that. I missed that because I was the That's hugest right. uh, Couture fan. Mm -hmm. So I just heard secondhand because there was no news source. There was no news source. And the UFC's website sucked balls back then. It's not great now. It stinks still. It's really but they keep, busy. They try to keep things up to date at least. With right. <laughs> I mean, there's so, you know, we talked about it earlier. There's so many places to get your information about yeah. mixed martial arts now. But when I, you know. It's I almost mean, like their website is a reaction to all the other popular blogs like MMA fighting or Bloody Elbow yeah. or something. So yeah, they put sure more articles Bloody on. Elbow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, they're, they're starting to catch up a little bit. They still have a little ways to go because they're, um, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like, you know, not broken links, but you click on things and it doesn't go to where, yeah, like broken links. And, and then, uh, uh, one of the things I don't like about fight pass is nothing is sequential. Mm hmm. So you'll be watching a the search options are terrible. It's yeah, terrible yeah, in yeah, Fight yeah. Pass. So you'll be watching. Let's say you're. Let's say there's seven. Uh, you know, Road to the Octagons, or uh, yeah, or what's the other? What's the uh, the other one? Embedded. Uh, yeah, yeah, embedded. So there's seven embedded. You're watching embedded one, and then it, and then on either side of it, it goes embedded six, embedded three. Yeah. Okay, I want to see embedded two. <laughs> yeah. I just watched one. What's the fucking confusion of going to two next? Yeah. So I go to two and then it goes four and seven. Yeah. It's like, what, are you fucking with me? Yeah. Is someone. I mean, I had you, uh, you and I were talking about this last week. I was trying to find the prelims from uh, one of the fights last week. You couldn't find them. I know. It showed them, but you click on it and it would, wouldn't go to anything. Yep. You know? Yeah. So it's their their website has a lot to be. I don't know why I went off on all that, but no, but that's so, good. And that's, I have a lot. That's, I have a lot of issues with that's something, right now. That's something that I met that I um, made a point of mentioning when we did that uh, symposium thing for Fight Pass subscribers. And I, and I met a guy from upstate New York who had some of the same uh, concerns because it's yeah, it's absolutely you, you don't have to you don't want to click left 200 times to find it should part be two so of the thing. simple to find it and people would be way happier yeah it should be like a main thing you could just play all you know like a dvd or something and i'm and i'm a i've been a staunch supporter of fight pass anybody that i know that are friends of mine that are fight fans i go it's the best 10 bucks you'll spend every month you get all these prelims you get extra cards that you can't see anywhere else yeah you get this fucking wealth of 
fights that have happened way before you've ever started watching. Mm-hmm. You have Pride events, WEC, Strike for you know. You can watch just, every season of Ultimate Fighter if you want, you know. Yeah. yeah. You can watch Ultimate Fighter in China. You can watch Ultimate Fighter South America. You can watch Ultimate Fighter Brazil, which I've, I've mean, I've, I've watched all of it. I've seen yeah. all of them. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, I'm a, and I'm it a, counts I'm as reading too. <laughs> yeah. It's all subtitled in Brazil. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can feel like you're getting smarter, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, or at least you're learning Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You learn, uh, more than just you will die. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is, uh, Usma Morer. Yeah, yeah, right. Morer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the. That was. Usma they couldn't Usma even, they, they couldn't even chant that twice in the main event at 194. <laughs> oh, God. There were mostly That's Irish brutal. people around me, but hey. <laughs> oh, man. I did have, um, uh, a couple of Aldo fans who were around me, including, alright, this is kind of this, this is a weird little connection that I have to, uh, a very, uh, historic moment in the Aldo McGregor um, history. And I think I may have told you about this when we drove to Bellator a few months ago. But so after 199, um, after Aldo pulled out and was replaced by Mendez, I sent a tweet out there because I had been watching all the embeddeds and everything that had led up with the world tour. And the, of course the famous press conference where McGregor grabs the belt. belt. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I remember I just felt so bad because if, have you watched the full Dublin press conference from that tour? It's, is that the one where he's shitting all over Cowboy Cerrone? No, and... no, that's that's the go big one from Vegas. Right, right, the go big. Right. But the the Dublin one, it was the one where he grabbed the belt. But the full press conference is an hour long, and and they're just taking questions from the crowd. There's very little press there, <laughs> so people would be like, "Ah, uh, yeah, question for Jose Aldo." Uh, what are you gonna do after Connor rips your fucking head off? Yeah, you piece of shit. And then the translator would have to translate it. And, and it just, every time I would look at the translator's face, he was just like, I can't fucking believe this. I have to say this to the champion. Uh huh, you know. And so I felt bad for the guy. So when Aldo pulled out. Is it the guy that's always in the octagon? No, no, it's the, it wasn't that guy. It, it was a. Di- I, 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 I know. Are you talking about the him? older guy or like the geeky looking guy? No, the geeky looking guy. Yes. I remember him trying to see him translate for Aldo afterwards, and it was like that was awkward. It was really painful. Oh. It was like you could see I was he hoping, was heartbroken. I know that dude was heart. You know, he's a fan yeah. of Aldo, and you could see he was heartbroken. So yeah. it was a. It was a. It was double. You yeah. know. Yeah, he didn't want to be asking these questions, and he yeah. didn't want to be speaking for Aldo either. And then he ended up getting, there was some controversy because he mistranslated something where, uh, where Aldo said that it wasn't a fight, but he didn't actually say that. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I sent a, like a joking tweet out when they announced Mendez had replaced Aldo for 189 saying, even though Mendez is in, I hope they keep Jose Aldo's translator on board, you know, like for Mendez. And then, and then a week later, I, I get a tweet response out of nowhere from a name that I don't recognize. And it just said like, no can do to that status. And I was like, what the fuck? It was the translator. It was Aldo's translator <laughs> who it turns out is a, a fighter now signed to the World Series of Fighting named Saul Almeida who trained with Aldo in Boston. So when, Bo- when they came to Boston on the trip, on the press tour, Aldo and him like cha- cha- uh, trained at a gym together and they got along. So he brought him as the translator for the rest of the press tour. Oh. And in Ireland that day, so right, right, leading up to the very famous moment where McGregor reaches for the, the title, Aldo is trying to be a little bit more on the offensive, trying to do what McGregor did to him, which is punk him in his own country. Yeah. And so he go, he comes out, Aldo's wearing sunglasses, he, he, he's got the belt on, and he puts it on the table, and then Aldo put his feet up, and what he said was, I'm the king. And he's been saying that for years, I'm the king. Mm-hmm. But what the translator translated was, I'm the king of Dublin. And as soon as he oh. said that, McGregor got up and grabbed the belt and he goes, you're looking at the fucking king. You know, he's like, I'm oh. the king of Dublin. So the translator, thinking that he was helping Aldo with his shit talk, 
instead incited maybe the most iconic oh. image of that whole press tour to happen. And Aldo immediately lost his cool when when That's the, such got, a bummer, man. The because the out. fucking move right there. This is the move, right? I've thought about this a thousand times. I don't know why that moment sticks in my brain so much, but I've really, it's like a watershed I've really thought about it a lot yeah. because I go, the move there is, yeah, go ahead, take it. That's going to be the only time you get it. Yeah. Take it. Hang on to it. Enjoy it. That's <laughs> the only time you're going to be able to touch it. You can have it all you want. I know I'll get it back afterwards, yeah. but when he lost his cool, he got up like, and he re- he's reaching for like, it like a little kid. I know, and he can't get past Dana White to get it, and it's like, I know. Oh man. If he just kept his feet up on the table and just went, he, McGregor loses, McGregor loses all of it. He just goes, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You can, it takes the power away from him. It does. Yeah. But when he get up, got up and lost his cool, it was such a, oh. Yeah. So, all right. So we talked a little bit about, uh, about the, the UFC, that whole weekend that you went down, mm. we didn't really touch on the... I mean, we didn't get it. To, there was a great weekend of fights. I mean, besides besides that, the, I, the first event that I went to was the at the Chelsea to see the the fight pass show yeah, and it was a la- it was a last minute thing you weren't going to go you no. were going to you were going to go watch it at a bar yeah. and you just happened to you were like ah fuck it you like, got I'm you got see cheap you got cheap standing room and- only tickets in the place only sat 1100 people it was tiny huh. so it was it, and it didn't look like it was deal. full yeah, yeah it looked like there were empty seats there was cuz there was a lot of fighters from all over the globe so there was a lot of comps so some russians we're there to see other Russians, and they didn't give a shit about the co-main event or the main event. Yeah, right. They left early, so I sat in their seats, you yeah. know. And, the, yeah, there was a lot of, um, you know, that's the way it is. Sometimes people are late to come. People have tickets, but then they just get caught up gambling because it's like this huge party atmosphere, especially when you have all these travelers from Ireland and different parts of the world. But not everyone was there for that Thursday show, you know. I think by the end, by the end of the night, all, all the seats ha- had filled up, but, oh, okay. um, but, but the second, um, yeah, the second night I couldn't get a ticket to. So instead I watched it, uh, on the roof of the building. They had a, a screening on the, on the roof of the Cosmo where there's an ice rink and they showed it on the building, like part of like one tower of the casino. Oh, the just, sound must have been awful. <laughs> this, it wasn't that bad, actually. It wasn't like... No, but it was weird, though, because there was, like, little kids uh, <laughs> skating around, and you're seeing, like, Edson Barboza and uh, Tony Ferguson just beating yeah, the shit out of each fight. other. It was... Yeah, <laughs> it was brutal. And it was so cold being up there, too. I was like... I know it's December and it gets cold at night in the desert, but I just didn't pack a hoodie. <laughs> I was regretting it. Oh, oh God, no! Man. But he probably just didn't. Th- it was the yeah. I'm the like, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm it's from New Vegas. England. I'm from New England. What's gonna happen? No, I felt very New Englandy while I was there. I talked to my my uh, totally off subject, but I called my mo- I got into Boston on what's today Sunday, so Friday I was in I was in Boston. I talk to my mother-in-law. I'm in two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm downtown Boston. I look at my my readout on my dashboard. Seventy degrees. She's in my oh, mother. Yeah, my crazy. mother-in-law's in my mother-in-law's in <laughs> Davis, California. She goes. She calls me up and, hey, is everybody is it snowing there? Is everybody in jackets? I go, no, I'm in downtown Boston. It's seventy. She goes, what? I know. It's fifty here. She's like, I'm freezing. So. <laughs> That was a little... You never can tell. You don't know what's going to happen. And I didn't know what was going to happen either. But the uh, the whole experience was great. And, and I felt just being around in that environment, being like, if I have the money, I think I might have just become a season ticket holder whenever McGregor yeah. fights in Las Vegas. <laughs> you know? Like, I just yeah, want to yeah. be a part of this crazy environment. I mean, they lined up for the... All right, so the weigh-ins... We're on Friday and that was at 3 p.m. with the Holly Holm Q&A was at, uh, noon or no, it was at one. 
and and doors opened at noon. It was at the same place. So yeah, for people that don't place. know, it's the same place. At the MGM the same Grand. crowd. Yep. Same crowd for both events. Yes. And they have most to sit there. Of, most everybody that's there for the Holly Q&A isn't really there for the Holly Q&A. No. They're there to see McGregor. They want to get a good so, seat for the way. Right. They want to get a good seat to see McGregor. So there's there's 10,000 Irishmen in there and, you know. Yeah. And so most of the questions that she fielded were nonsense. <laughs> right. They were all joke questions or blah, 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 McGregor, yeah. Right. So, you know, at, at the beginning of the show, we referenced the uh, clip that you probably have heard by now because uh, I was sitting down near the front because I have a fight club member. So we got early admission, but we still had to line up early for that. So I got there at like 9 a.m. for yeah. this thing. And so I just – ask Holly Holm a question, but first I, I wanted to get the crowd on my side, so I said, uh, shout out to Ireland in the house, <laughs> and then, you know, 11,000 people go crazy, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's a pretty nice feeling, <laughs> and then I slipped in a little, and uh, shout out to the MMA, MMA Maniacs podcast, which not yet existing <laughs> at that point. Perfect. Yeah, and then, uh, and then I get whatever question I asked, I just asked her about if she'd met uh, Amy Schumer yet. Oh, that's right. I was trying to remember what it was. That's right. <laughs> Amy Schumer yeah. yet. She said, no, but I'm a huge fan of her. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, well, you guys both have a strong stand-up game. Yeah, so, that's right. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Little double entendre. See, that combo. wasn't, you were saying earlier that the, the, so Matt and I did a podcast earlier, uh, the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast, and he was saying that the largest crowd that he had performed in front of was, oh, right. was 700, <laughs> but that's not true anymore. No, now you can. 12,000 at the MGM right. Grand. <laughs> I got a tape of it, so. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was funny because I, I read, you know, the, on the UFC's website, it's like, Holly Holm had, Thousands of supporters at her Q and A. It's like, yeah, not really. Yeah. <laughs> if that was in another room at the MGM, she wouldn't have had as many people there. Indeed. No. <laughs> Indeed. But they were nice. They were, you know, they were. It was an entertaining. There's been. I've watched some boring Q and As on Fight Pass, but this was hilarious. Just... Well, I felt because uh, I was texting you as it was happening. Mm. And so I was watching it as it was happening on my computer yep. and I was texting you at the same time. So I kind of felt like I was there vicariously through you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was a way more interesting Q and a for me. Cause I was like, you know, yeah. I felt like we were hanging know, out, you know, I know, I know. I know. So it was kind of, I wanted to go up next. I wanted to ask another question because the microphone kept being empty. I'm like, can I go back? Should I put my hat on different? I, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, Holly. Uh, you could shave your beard like you Oh yeah, like like I did at the comedy studio. Also available on YouTube. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so that was a crazy way to end uh, what I think is probably maybe because of McGregor and because of Rousey and Holly Holm, one of the biggest years in UFC's history, you know? Like they I can't think of a, They grew so there, much yeah. in this year. I mean, there's good I and went bad from, things I went about from it. I know, I went from a very casual fan to a huge fan, you know, like respect all the hard work that everyone puts in and all the different disciplines and when it comes to all the intricacies of beyond the octagon stuff, whether it be, you know, like the, the weight cuts and then like, you know, it's a struggle that they've had to deal with getting used to having the Reebok deal even, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. changed the culture in a lot of different ways. I'm not a fan at all of that. Yeah, I know. that's almost like a whole another think, podcast. Yeah, that would be would really. It would, we, we could do that could one when that. there's not like a big, uh, big fight coming up. But I think the next year kicks off pretty strong with Lawler versus Condit too. You know? That's gonna be a hell of a fight. I, uh, you know, I like both those guys a lot. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Condit. I feel like he's, I feel like Condit is the best fighter in the UFC that hasn't gotten a title. Yeah. You know? He had an interim title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, a real title. Yeah. A full title. You know, I feel like he's the, he's the, you know, he was like the, what Kenny Florian was when Kenny Florian was fighting. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Ken, when Kenny Florian was fighting, he was the best guy that never got a title. Yeah. You know, he was the best second ran ever in the UFC. Mm -hmm. You know, and he fought for, what, three times? Yeah. You know? Fought in so many different weight classes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think he holds the record. For most weight classes. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Because he so. did he did uh forty five, fifty five, seventy. Didn't he start at one eighty five? One eighty five was yeah. the was the ultimate, ultimate fighter. fighter. Yeah. So so he did four weight classes and I think that I don't I think he's the only guy that's done four weight classes. Yeah. So and then that was his last fight was forty five against uh Aldo. Aldo. Yeah. Which was a really good fight. Yeah. That was a great fight. He was doing he had a lot of good pressure on Aldo. Mm-hmm. You know. I went out he to says that's I, the hardest he's ever been hit in the most pain for months after. He said he couldn't feel parts of his shin, like he would touch it every day until it came back. And it, oh yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I knew Kenny before he ever fought an MMA fight. Really? Yeah, yeah. I trained with he he was the he and his brother uh, under Roberto Maya, who is the guy that started Boston Brazilian, Boston Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, um, and then Pat Barbieri, who was one of Roberto's main black belts. Um, but it was it was Kenny and Keith, Kenny's brother, who trained me for to to take my blue belt test. Oh wow! So they were the guy. They were the hands-on guys. That, and I used to I mean I used to train with them every week. I. I used to drive down every week for two years, every Tuesday and Thursday. I went down and trained with those guys down in Watertown. Um, and I remember, I didn't go to his first MMA fight, but I, I remember the day that they came in with the, they came with the tape and there was a little TV. This was uh, pre-flat screens. Yeah, and yeah. There was a little. Wheel it in. Yeah, yeah. There was a TV up on, that was, it was up on the, up on the like wall. It was mounted oh, up yeah. there and there was a little VCR underneath it and they put the tape in and we watched his first MMA fight and, you know. It was uh that's cool and, and I, Kenny and I, is great broadcaster and he, uh the Anakin Florian podcast I enjoy quite a yeah, bit as well. Yeah, he's he's you know, he's really carved out a really good niche for himself. I, I it, it, it still hurts me that he doesn't fight anymore, mm-hmm. but you know, your body can only take so much. He has he's I I've seen a couple of times on like uh you know, like the pre-fight shows or it's uh What's the one, the UFC, the UFC straight, tonight? Yeah, UFC tonight. When he was, when he was talking with DC about, you know, I've heard him, you know, well, if there was, you know, if the money was right, <laughs> the money yeah. was right, he might come out of, you know. Yeah. But I know his neck's really messed up. I know he's got a really funky neck, mm-hmm. but, but I forget the, what the point of me bragging about knowing Kenny Florian was. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It can flow. It just comes up. <laughs> you just go with the can flow. Go with the flow. Right. Oh, I flew out to. Oh, I we're talking about to, white classes. I flew out to Philly yeah. to watch him fight BJ Penn. For oh Philly. wow! Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, I flew to BJ Philly Penn. To watch another him. guy. He, many weight classes too. Yep. I mean, two two champion, but I think he's fought in at least three. Yeah. He fought. Nah, well, yeah. He might actually. He might have. He might be the same because he fought heavyweight. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't know if he was heavyweight, but he fought in a heavyweight division. Yeah. So I don't know if it was way back when the rules were a little bit. When it was a little bit more freak show. Yeah, a little more freak show and a little less, you know, uh, sport. Regulated by yeah, a, a state's athletic <laughs> department. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there's part of me that misses that stuff because the discovery, that was the most intense part of watching MMA in its early years was discovering what things worked. Yeah. And I already knew as a wrestler that I could be, I could beat almost anybody if they didn't have any wrestling experience. Yeah, yeah, cuz you, you know had tools that they didn't have. I don't have. if you can if you don't knock me out as I'm shooting in on you, as soon as I get on top of you, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, you're I not getting hold, up. Cuz yeah. you can't you're not going to get up, you know. Because yeah. I, you know, having having that wrestling, so I knew that wrestling was like the pinnacle of martial arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but watching it, seeing it against a straight wrestler like Dan Severn, against a straight Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guy like Hoist Gracie, yeah. against a straight boxer like Art Zimmerman, against a you know straight uh, you know uh, Kempo guy like Keith Hackney, against the you know it was really the early. The, the formative years of the USC were really exciting in that, um, that respect. Yeah, and then I really loved the, discipline. I really yeah. loved the tournament format because I was, you know, being a competitor in, you know, uh, uh, wrestling. It's all bracketed events, you know, yeah. so it's all, it's the same format. It's a tournament format. It's 
the best guys on top after beating every you know it's uh, you know the, the the best guys on top after beating all of the other competitors nobody you know yeah you, you see who's the best that night yep so but, I mean that's I I'm not against tournaments but I I think that uh, you know the the last tournament that I watched was a one night eight man tournament that Bellator had yeah, yeah. and uh, and that was interesting but it was also interesting because things happen you know what uh king mo qualified to be in the finals yeah, that was a crazy but he, but he hurt himself yeah. so someone that had fought in the prelims that weren't even on tv took his spot yeah. in in the finals and uh you know it's exciting but you know it, it it's taxing on the fighter yeah yeah for sure and it might, I don't know how. I don't know. Where they probably. It has to be two rounds. In, they couldn't get that done in Vegas. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Um, they they have to do it. So the first fight is two rounds, only two rounds, and the second round is third uh, is three rounds because you can't fight more. Like they won't sanction it if you're fighting more than five rounds in a night. Huh. So that's essentially how they delineate it. But yeah, that's the one that Phil Davis won yeah, in his yeah. Bellator debut. Yeah, looking phenomenal it, yeah, yeah. which is like both good and bad for bellator because it's like you know do you want him to make it look easy against like the best yeah, guys right, the best that you guys have yeah yeah i mean i think he's phil davis is a whole step above everybody that's over at bellator. he's world class you know? I mean, he, he, he was world class in the ufc yeah and know? he just had some tough luck you know and it's hard to get that spot back yeah well listen this the let's let's wrap up our this is our first one. Yep. Let's uh I'm excited. We got we finally got the ball rolling. All right, we did it. And uh let's do a quick pick of the the main and the yes. semi main of 195. Right, let's do now that. you said you're a Condit fan, but after seeing Lawler and Rory McDonald in what I think is almost a consensus fight of the year if you're talking just UFC events, I don't know. It, it would probably be my Pick for fight of the year. I also like uh, going way back at the beginning of the year was Jones Cormier, but uh, oh, yeah. but this I think was just so it was like I was in the fight seeing Rory get his nose punched in uh, and just brutal. collapse backwards in pain. Like holy shit! And then his attitude after the fight, he was just so happy to have been in that fight. I know. It was such a, he was just like, he got the crap beat out of him and he was like, that was, he, he wouldn't, I wouldn't, he didn't want to be anywhere else, you know? No, happiest moment of my life. Right. Happiest moment of my life. So because uh, of that, I'm, I'm going to pick Lawler because I think that just showed me the dude can get hit and yeah. get hit and keep going. It's crazy. It's like a robot. Um, well, I, you know, it's a tough one for me because Condit has had so much downtime too, you know? So I think, um, it's a tough one. I mean, my heart really, I really would like to see Condit win it, but man, I don't. Okay, let's pick Condit. I'm going to go Condit now. I'm going to go Condit now. Okay. But I'm, I'm, I, I reserve the right to take that back at okay. some point. I'm going to say Lawler. By TKO round four. That's my hmm. my guess. All right. I'm a, I say Condit by decision. Okay. And the semi-main? I, I would say that's the most likely way he's going to win. Mm. Um, although he's and Lawler would have lost by decision had Rory been able to go five. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, he has that knockout power. He saw that crazy Dan Hardy yeah. where he fucking cleaned his clock so he's not Condit is not lacking oh no not at all he's a dangerous dangerous man you don't get the nickname the natural born killer yeah for being a decision machine I mean I think it's I feel like it's his time and I think Lawler no No, that's I like that's this is a yeah, almost a toss up for me, but I'm. Yeah, that's why I'm having such a hard time with it. But I'm. (laughs) But that's why I'm looking forward to it the most. You know, I'm saying UFC ended a strong 2015, but this is a nice way to start the new year with a bang. And then the co-main, I have. (laughs) It's it's Andre Orlovsky against Stipe Miocic. Yeah, and I have the same kind (laughs) of. It's a really tough one. 
because it really depends on who shows up because they're both hot and cold fighters. Yeah. But I feel like Stipe is more hot than cold. And I feel like, uh, I feel like, um, uh, Orlovsky has kind of developed a little bit of a glass chin over the last, you know, six, seven years. He's been knocked out a lot. Um, I say, I say Stipe by decision. Okay. That's a, and that's only a three rounder because it's not for a belt. So that, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Just seeing Stipe destroy Mark Hunt the last time and that, that bloody gore fest that probably should have been stopped like two rounds earlier. Crazy fight with Dos Santos. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I almost think for the podcast, I have to go with Arlovsky just so we have some opposition. <laughs> uh, so, uh, do you know I was at Andre Arlovsky's first UFC fight? Really? Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was like UFC 28 or something like that. But I was, I was going through the fight pass, uh, oh, the yeah. other day and I was just, I was just, I was just going through and re, kind of rewatching some of the ones that I had, had that you were attended were, that I'd gone to. Um, and I was at, yeah, there was a lot of people. I was at his first fight and, um, oh my God, there's like, there's like several notable fighters where it was like, I think it was, um, I think it was at, uh, um, uh, Matt Hughes first fight. Oh, wow. Um, and I think it was at Jens Pulver's first fight. I think I was at BJ Penn's first fight. Wow. Um, I have Since to, I have day go, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to go back and look at him again, but it was like this one this one fight. The, it was the first or second USA I went to. There was like the debut of like five or six really notable fighters in the UFC. Wow. I was like, wow, that was his first fight? Holy shit, I was at that. Crazy. That's awesome. Um, well, I'm, I'll go with our – I'm going to bet that the uh, Andre Arlovsky from UFC 188 – against Travis Brown or was that 187? Yeah, 187 against Travis Brown shows up more so than the Andre Orlovsky who had kind of a boring slop fest with Frank Mir that yeah. that was like could have gone either way. So I'm going to go Orlovsky by TKO round 2. All right. TKO. There you have it folks. Awesome. Well, this has been the first MMAniacs podcast. A nice kickoff. A nice kickoff. We'll uh, we'll get one together for next week. Uh, maybe we'll meet. Uh, well, maybe, maybe we could. We'll do maybe we could do the, it. Yeah, we'll yeah. Do it after the I'll have my roommate set it up, and we can record or or you bring your set your setup yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. We'll record it after the fights on Saturday. Nice. Dig it. Sounds good. All right, brother. MMAniacs over and out. Peace.